What if you could unlock the extraordinary power within you? Join us on our Human Potential podcast as we explore the limitless possibilities, the holy trinity of mind, body, and spirit. Discover easy-to-action tips, inspiring stories, and expert advice to help you tap into your highest potential and live a life of purpose and fulfillment. For a free transformational tool, go to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free. And we are live. Welcome to another edition of the Human Potential Podcast with me, Hayda. I am here with my beautiful friend, conscious creator, magician, Alana McKenzie. Alana has written a beautiful book called The Art of Feminine Seduction. She is a dating coach. She's a woman extraordinaire. And we are about to have an amazing conversation talking about love, relationships, and dating. It's funny, Alana, before I came on there, I was suddenly this song came into my head about, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's <laughs> talk about you, me. It was in the air. Love was in the air. We can talk about sex too. That's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah, nothing's off limits, right? Nothing's off limits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, be- so before we go into, I want to call it the lighter stuff around dating because I know you've got some wonderful and wacky stories about your dating experience, and I want to cover those. I also want to talk about the deeper nature of relationships, and I want to start with this element of it because most of us have at some point in our lives, experience disappointment and hurt in our romantic relationships, right? People have experienced heartbreak, and some of us have even experienced toxic relationships. And I know this could be true of people who are on the spiritual path, who are on the the path of consciousness, people who have meditated for years and years. And I'm actually thinking of women that I've coached in this space as well, people that are committed to their personal growth, it's the spiritual development, and yet these women and men are attracting unavailable men and women. And speaking about a particular client, she, she was attracting workaholics, alcoholics, mm-hmm. people that were entangled in ex-loves, that yeah. stickiness, that baggage. And, of course, we know there's an unconscious conditioning and patterning and the stories that create that perpetual pattern of attracting unavailable romantic partners in our life and it wasn't until I said to her look I'm going to hold you accountable for you becoming the woman that you need to become in order to attract and manifest the love that you truly want, you truly crave, and that you truly deserve. Yeah. So rather than running around and using dating apps and going on dating sites and trying to resolve the tension of being single and experiencing that loneliness, let's do the inner work. Let's release the internal barriers. Let's break down the unconscious walls that you have built around attracting that love in your life. So it became the challenge is right, and actually, in all natures of life, in the healthy, wealthy finances, how do I need to grow as a person where I discover who I need to be to find that love? Yeah. And one of one of the most beautiful ways that I found in the way I teach and coach, uh, the way I've used in my own life is. Yes, there's meditation and there's journaling, great practices, and I encourage people who are listening in to use that, those as tools. And another way, which I think is just as powerful, if not more powerful, is to ask or start asking yourself poignant questions how you might be the source of this continual disappointment in your love life. So you are the source of your creation, right? So become curious about those parts that on, on an unconscious level don't want to manifest love, right? Yeah. Because you have these stories about I'm too picky or yeah. there's not a man <laughs> who's strong enough that meets my needs when actually the core belief is that I'm not enough or I'm somehow inferior or I'm worthy of love. 
So when you yeah. ask those pointed questions around what can I do, what can I change, what can I be and who can I be, which will facilitate the love that one wants to call in. Yeah. So saying that, and that was a big opening gambit, so forgive me for that. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I want to explore that with you because I know you were that person, right? You were that person that I just explained, and I know you overcame that. So I'd love to hear about your story and, yeah, your processes to manifest and create the beautiful love that you've created in your romantic and divine union. Yeah. I love what you're talking about in terms of self-responsibility. Because I think that was the biggest shift for me previously when I, I don't know how long we have to tell my whole story. It was over a decade of really bad dating, right? Just uncommitted relationships or half-hearted everything, just half-hearted connection and all of it. Lots of pain, lots of heartbreak, just, and, and, and I was just like waiting for love to work out, right? That was what I was doing. It's like, I was waiting for love to work out. And what really shifted things for me is exactly what you were talking about, which was I took responsibility for myself and how I was showing up in relationships to dating. I should say, let's be honest, they weren't really well-formed relationships. And I changed how I came to dating And then it didn't even matter. Like it really was, I got on dating apps. People are really negative about dating apps these days. I promise you that you can change your energy enough that your entire experience of dating apps can change. Your entire experience of people out in the world can change through your own energetic power. Like you can really completely transform your experience of dating, love, relationships, commitment, sex, all of it. And it starts with you. So just (laughs) as you so beautifully set up for us, if you can be in that place, if you can call in that energetic ability, space, alignment, anything is possible. Anything Mm. is possible. So look, how? And I've been given a tour about journey, meditating, asking yourself pointing questions, going on that journey of growth and development how did you do it how i did it i did it through feminine energy so that's why my book is the art of feminine seduction because i had to go deep on a feminine energy journey i had a lot of masculine wounding so we can talk about that like it's that's a lot about not enoughness right not good enough i had a lot of stuff around not being beautiful enough i had I I had a big block around that I wouldn't be the best one. So sure, I'd meet a man, maybe we'd date for a bit, but then he'd choose someone else. That was a big story for me. It was like, because I wasn't really enough, I I wasn't really the best one, I wouldn't be chosen. I I wouldn't be the winner, (laughs) the relationship winner. And that pattern played out over and over (laughs) in my life and in my relationships And then to heal that, I had to get into the feminine. The feminine is about trusting. It's all about releasing control. (laughs) It's about not needing to do something, right? Because that's a, a big people who are suffering a lot of masculine wounding feel like they need to really do something to make it work better this time. And instead, for me, with my wounding, what I needed to do was get into trust and get into relaxation, get out of control, and get into relationship, like really relating to the other person on the date. Um, Previously, Mm -hmm. I was really dating really unconsciously, hater. I have to be honest with you. Like it was, (laughs) we can talk about what I used to do, but it was really thoughtless. Like it was really very much in my head. Everything was trying to strategize, right? Like how do I get him to want me? How do I get him to like me? Mm -hmm. How do I get him to do something (laughs) instead of how am I being? How am I showing up? What would make me happy? How do I feel about him? I wasn't even really thinking about that. Like, how do I feel about him? And I, the the big question, you said poignant questions. That was a very good way to put that. I started to turn the questions around and ask more poignant questions about myself. Like, how am I, how do I feel about 
him. And this can be so powerful on a dating app or on a date, really. It's just like, how did that interaction make me feel? Because we're so externally focused. We're really like trying to change the world by moving the pieces around on the chessboard that we think we can control. Instead of just going back to ourselves and being like, what was my actual experience of that interaction? Did I actually, did that actually make me feel loving and loved and excited or turned on or intrigued? I wanted to know this person more. And just making that shift, which is a huge shift. I don't want to downplay that. But in the end, it's pretty simple. Like away from what does the world need to do to be different so that I can find love and into how can I shift myself to be loving, to be love, and then also to express love and connect in love with other people, specifically in dating. That's very beautiful. I love that. I love that answer. And three things stand out for me, right, in in your response, in your reply. The the first one, I just want to quickly address this shift. Mm. And you said it's a huge shift. And yes, anyone who's been on this journey of internal work recognize that shit comes up and it requires dedication effort commitment and resilience and i also want to be open to the fact that actually the shift could be easy it could be effortless and it can be fun and one of those ways that it can be fun is like you so beautifully did and said is asking yourself the questions. Yeah. That, to me, is a really easy shift to make. Let's use the dating app as an example. Oh, how do I feel about this person? How am I showing up? Yep. What's the vibe that I'm feeling? Rather than resolving, is he going to like me? Am I enough? Am I beautiful enough? Am I sexy enough? Am I clever enough? Am I smart enough? Blah, blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> what am I receiving from this other person how do i feel about this yeah just asking those questions Alana, to me is really simple it's a really effective tool to actually start shifting your internal world which actually leads me on to my second point it's all about the internal and there's a theme about this podcast we talk about this every week with every different guest it's the internal work internal world because once you change, and you are a great example of this, is once you change your internal world and shift it internally, guess what? Your experience with apps and the way you viewed dating apps, which you so beautifully said again, completely shifted. Yeah. And they were used as a source of fun and play and flirtation and excitement and yeah. meeting, going out and connecting and, and building connection. As opposed to trepidation and swiping and routine and judgment and self-loathing. Oh, my goodness. I've experienced so much self-loathing using that. So I I speak from experience uh, (laughs) as as I use that term. And, uh, yeah, the third point I want to cover, and it's probably a bigger point, is this idea around feminine energy. And for me, I'd really like to discern between the divine feminine energy and the divine feminine archetype because people get confused when when we use this term divine feminine is it gender-based is it an archetype what does it actually mean i think it's really helpful for listeners to understand what actually this for me there's two two elements to this like i just said the divine feminine energy which is present in all of us and it is genderless right it's often referred to yin energy shakti and it is this kind of softer nurturing intuitive and empowered energy a mothering mothering energy actually right we refer to our earth our beautiful planet as as mother earth and also so that's the energy that's the energy part of it now i also want to talk about the archetype which is very closely linked to the actual energy and historically we actually used to live in a matriarchal energetic container where the Egyptians, the Romans, the Greeks, there were high priestesses, there were goddesses. In Buddhism and Hinduism, they had divine goddesses of love and creation. Yeah. So the matriarch was so powerful, it was so dominant, it was so beautiful. And that's the archetype. Okay, so that is related to gender. 
and related to the feminine archetype, the qualities that represent is intuition, is sensuality, is compassion, is creativity, is forgiveness. Those, for me, are the archetypes and the kind of, yeah, the characteristics of the sacred feminine or the divine feminine, which is very different from divine feminine energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a really interesting distinction I'd never heard made. So thank you. Yes. So in your exploration of the feminine, tell me what that involved, what it brought up for you, how it evolved, and where your exploration led. Yeah. So mine was mainly around the energy, like you distinguished there was more around the energy, which is the receptive energy of the world. So rather than projective, right, which is masculine energy, it's outward directed, receptive is the inward directed. So that's why this is all about the internal state instead of the like, what's out there. Um, And I studied mainly through Tantra and Hermeticism and use those kind of spiritual definitions of the feminine. So that's why, that's how I I came to it was like through these ancient spiritual lineages. And I just soaked it up. Like it really was just a very, you talked about effortless, effortlessness, like how people assume that to change often is going to require a lot of effort. My experience of this change for myself, a transformation was very effortless, which is very feminine, just like allowing this new kind of energy into my life, like really understanding how to be receptive instead of that projective needing to try, right? Needing to do things, needing to move things, needing to make things happen. The feminine is so much about that receptivity. And this relates to sexual energy, right? So it's this is masculine, feminine, or sexual energies. In terms of the projective is like ejaculation of sperm. Receptivity is the reception of sperm, which creates a human. That's how you create life. That's It's so powerful. That's how powerful it is. And for me to just even conceptualize of that and then begin to sort of experience it, I guess, take it on in the world, not not in terms of having sex, but just in terms of understanding the energetic give and receive of the world and myself and my interactions with people in, in every day too, not just in dating, just in any relationship, really understanding like, what am I receiving right now versus what am I giving? And all of the ways that I'm so programmed to try really hard to do so many things and to give and to experience the power of what it's like to just accept that it's also powerful to receive, mm-hmm. that it's also powerful to relax <laughs> and rest and just be like it's the being energy instead of the doing energy was transformational in my life just in general. Suddenly just things started to open, right? Because again, it's relaxed. It's the flow state. It's it's the right hemisphere of the brain. It's all about that meditative state that's really loving, compassionate, almost in an empty way, right? It's highly spiritual. A feminine energy orientation is very spiritual, body connected, all the things. It just, it became like this incredible healing force that just seeped into my life. And I, instead of the way that I'd previously done life, which was very much, I got to try, right? It's very much a school mentality, right? I got to get this done. I got to make the best, whatever happened. I got to, I got to be the best, right? Like I talked about, I have to really like do the best job anyone's ever done. And it changed my orientation to myself to really accept, here's who I am right now. This is who I am in this moment. When you bring that to dating, it really changes things because it makes you available to what's actually happening (laughs) instead of the fantasy (laughs) and the wishful thinking and the negative, the negativity, the judgments you were talking about, these judgments that we make about people on dating apps, like snap, snap judgments with someone you've maybe never even met in person and play out these games. You play out these games in relationships And if you can slow down, like this is what the feminine is about, slowing down, connecting back to yourself, your internal experience, your, again, your receptive experience, being in the present, being in this present moment instead of moving (laughs) across 
across linear time, being in the timelessness, let's just like being totally open. It's transformational in life. And it really took me to this place where I then became highly magnetic to men in dating. And that's not a mystery. That's not a mystery because I was showing up to dating someone who's fun, someone who's open and flirtatious, someone who was just there to have a good time and see who this other person was instead of someone who was projecting all of my fears onto them, projecting all my hopes onto them, needing things to be a certain way, all of the things like making assumptions about what they meant without asking, without seeking clarification around who they were and what they meant by what they said. I just was a completely new person in how I was showing up with that energy. And People love to be met like that. Like all people love to be met with this just open-hearted curiosity. Who are you? Fun flirtation so that things like the chemistry can get cooking a little bit. And and then actual emotional connection. I, I created a technique I call emotional communication. Very clever. <laughs> but it's really about how to get to know someone emotionally quickly. And not in also tell me about your mother away, but like really actually <laughs> loving me. <laughs> like, no, 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 I had to love that. Stick with me that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so look okay. again, so much depth in what you're saying, um, right there. And again, I want to pick out a couple of points that are very kind of pointed to me. And but the first one is this idea of receivership mm. and how and i'm speaking as a heterosexual male so please listeners adjust accordingly whatever pronoun you use and um, just know that i'm speaking as a hetero, heterosexual heterosexual male so the women that come into my world in terms of coaching i could safely say all of them have had an issue with receivership and this is not solely linked to women because men and I certainly had issues with receiving whether it's love or kindness or, or compassion or tenderness and we do right it's true women is true of men this idea of something as simple as receiving a compliment yeah people struggle with that yep and my point is when you are struggling to be in receivership or something as simple as a compliment, then are you in a place to receive the divine love that you so badly crave? And that's a journey in itself. Mm -hmm. how, how do I shift into this beautiful divine energy of receivership? Right, and abundance actually is, is the energy of receive, receivership as well. So, how do I shift into abundance? How do I shift into re to receiving the gifts of our world, of our universe? And that, that actually is being in feminine energy for me, because as you said, feminine energy is life force energy, and the beautiful analogy of a woman giving birth or, or a female animal giving birth—that is life-giving, life force energy. Yeah. And how do I be how do I receive that energy? Now, as a man, and knowing the energetic dance that happens between a male and a female in a heterosexual relationship, there is such truth behind this saying, and it's a bit of a cringeworthy saying, but there's such truth of it. Because for me, the saying behind every great man is a great woman mm. goes to the core of what an, what a woman is energetically giving to a man in that union. Mm -hmm. she is the life force she is given so much energetically and the more she receives and the more she is in a state of receivership a conscious receivership the more she's going to light up her world around her the more the people the more the people that are in her world i'm talking about the humans yeah they're going to benefit right so like you said you're turning up to dates in a completely different energy yep so guess what that that facilitated and created this container of fun, magnetism, flirtation, humor. Yeah. Because you were in your receivership. Yep. Make sense what I'm talking about? 
Totally. There's so much like we said too. About it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so please come back to that if you if you like. And then also let's talk about your emotional connection creation. This this sounds fascinating and something that yeah. I definitely That's the most powerful part. So definitely. Yeah, receptivity. I can first of all say this is an ongoing experience, right? You mentioned in the beginning that you work with these people who are highly conscious and really very much on a self-growth path and they're still struggling with love. And what I would say is until you become like Buddha, like until you're Jesus, until you're Eckhart Tolle, there's still going to be lessons for you in love. And so I'm still learning about receiving. Like I, as far as I know, it's a bottomless well like it's a bottomless infinite infinite right it's infinite layers absolutely of what you could receive and for me in a marriage now a matter of learning to receive even more in my marriage right it's like how much attention can i receive how much affection can i receive how much care can i receive how much loving communication can i receive and that's still something that i'm still opening up i'm still working to exploring and and that's what that's what consciousness is and that's what life is for me it's a journey of exploration and it's on uncovering unpicking unpacking the next layer and like like you said for me there's never there's never a true embodiment of these divine concepts because there's always the next layer to unpick like love right like you just said love how much more love can i receive how much more love can i give yeah. What's the next layer of that? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that taste like? What does that, yeah, what does that energetically represent? Yeah. And it's hard to know until you get there. So that's why yeah, I say like... rhetorical question. Ex- exactly that. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. Exactly that. Yeah. And what, going off of that, what I would say is that you just start with whatever layer you're at in terms of receiving, because your question was like, how do you start opening yourself to receive like how do you actually do that what's that mean and so what i would say is that you just start wherever you are and whether it's compliments whether you notice oh i'm not receiving compliments i i feel immediately shutting down the compliment or returning one i've got to return tell them their jacket looks cute <laughs> i need to tell them where i bought it or something instead of just receiving thank you i generally teach receiving through the five love languages because that's just so relevant to dating <laughs> so that's uh-huh. access that book by the way sorry sorry to cut over you and that that book is a big shout out uh this guy (laughs) (laughs) yes that guy as well and the love languages book is a book oh yeah five love languages yes absolutely that is a beautiful book yeah there's more than five but the way she summarizes it is very beautiful and yeah there's more than five but just want to add that but yeah sorry carry on We're going to have to talk about that. Okay. I only know about Gary Chapman's book. The five love languages, right? We've got giving gifts, like physical gifts. We've got acts of service. We've got words of affirmation. We have acts of service. I already said that, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Quality time. And then we've also got physical touch. So these are all things, right? There's, are you good at receiving hugs or not? Right? Or are who do you want to receive a hug from or any physical contact from? There are things like, is it comfortable for you to have strangers open the door for you? Or does that feel really confronting? They're just all of these day-to-day situations where we have an opportunity to receive from people. And the first step is just to notice how you're receiving, right? So the first step is just awareness. Is oh, what? How am I responding to people giving me time, effort, love, attention, and then from there making the conscious decision of like how am I going to receive, right? So can I be open-hearted and say thank you or not? Just experience the gift of that's being given when it happens. And can I just be with my body sensations while that happens without needing breaking the tension, right? Is how we can talk about that. Like without needing to loosen up the tension there and just say, thank you so much. Like my grandma gave it to me. She's really old. You don't need to shut it down anymore. It's, what if you could just love that someone opened the door for you? What if you could just really appreciate, like really be actually so grateful that the people at the mechanics changed your air filter without charging you? What if you just really received that 
with so much fulfillment, like you were being given something. And this comes back, what I was reminded about when you were talking about, when you were first talking about receiving, was that I grew up with a lot of images of like women overdoing in relationship, like women just like really taking care of everything in the relationship in terms of the emotional stuff, in terms of much of the housework, in terms of much of the just like general day-to-day labor. And then I heard all these statistics about how like men who are married live longer and are happier and women who are married live shorter and are less happy. And I was like, how, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing? That's not working. This is, this should not be how it is. And I believe the answer is in this feminine energy thing, right? It's in this ability to receive because if you are constantly shutting down your receptivity to the world as well as in your, because this has probably been happening in your intimate relationship, if it's happening in the world, you're not being re- refilled. And like women do, they not, they have a lot of masculine energy. Like women actually have a ton of masculine energy, giving birth, like literally giving new life to the planet, giving all their time and energy and love to the family or to a man or to their job or whatever. Like women are very good at giving, giving. And so if you can't receive, as you said, receive from your partner, your masculine partner to replenish your energy, you're going to be exhausted. <laughs> you're just, And you will be worn out and you won't feel sexy. You won't feel that this sexual energy, right? It's your life force. Yeah. You, you won't have it. You won't have it. And so the mission of this, like the goal of really getting connected to your feminine energy and really having we can say mastery in your feminine is all about being able to sustainably love, sustainably be in relationship, sustainably keep going every day for your whole life and be happy at the same time too. be full of pleasure and joy and the good stuff in life, like all the good stuff. All the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, all the good stuff. That's what we choose to create. So look, here's the thing. As we talk about this and as I'm conceptualizing it and analyzing what, what's been created between us in this new conversation is for me, there's two aspects to relationships as we are talking about it, right? It's like the aspect of where do I need to grow mm. in order to create the love in my life, romantic love. And you talked about that just in your previous answer around receivership. So that's a, that to me is a growth area, right? That's where we can grow in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives, by choosing to receive. And very simple and beautiful examples of receiving a compliment, someone holding the door, how, how am I reacting to that? And the listeners will know how they react to that. And there's a growth area for them mm-hmm. to go and explore and use in everyday life. And the other aspect to, to manifest in love is what do I need to give up and what do I need to let go of mm. also manifest that love? So there's a growth, which is the which is the present or the future, let's call it. And then there's this element of the past in terms of what stories am I telling myself? And that overgiving one is so prevalent in a lot of women that I know because yeah. of you know, lots of reasons. And one of them is the core belief that I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I have to prove myself. And yeah, and also the other other prominent story of overgiving is that. I have to do this in order to prove that I am enough. Yeah. Right? That's, that's why we overgive. And, yeah, and that's why we create that story. And then when it doesn't happen, so when you're overgiving, doesn't create the love and the happiness that you crave, guess what? I'm not worthy of love. What I'm unworthy to receive love is proved unconsciously. Yeah. So that to me fits into the past. Okay, what do I need to let go of in yeah. order to manifest love? And another aspect related to that for me is, yeah, is, is that how much of the past are you dragging into the present? Mm-hmm. So this overgiving, this low expectation, this self-abandonment, this the lack of self-worth, how much yeah. of that shit, and it's called it shit because it is shit, lovable shit, because yeah. <laughs> how much of that stuff are you bringing to your present? Mm-hmm. And how much can you let go by just constantly making the choice and setting the intention you know what, on this day, 
my choice is as much as I can and to the best of my ability, I'm not going to bring these stories here. I'm not going to bring these stories of overgiving and whatever the other stories are that we talked about. I'm not going to bring this to this state. So that to me is the letting go element, right? Um, and then another part of this for me is, and I know we're talking about a lot about the past and, and how we can evolve, but I think it's an equally important point is many of us are conditioned with this either or consciousness, right? Mm. And by, by that, I either have to be in my creative feminine power which translates into my freedom or I have to give all that up and have a family. Yeah. And that's so prevalent for women, right? That's what I've come across. So in this either or consciousness, and it surprises me because I meet the most amazing and intelligent and emotionally intelligent and spiritual women, there's not this lack of recognition that actually you can manifest a partner that will make you and facilitate even more success and more freedom and help you be more creative and more expressionfulness, more more expression in your life mm-hmm. through being in union with someone. So there's no either or consciousness needed or required in creating the love that you truly want to manifest. Yep. Oh, Makes so sense. Easy. because yeah yeah, i think that's really important because for for a lot of people it's black and white and as we talked about as we continue on this path i'm actually realizing there's so many shades and areas of gray yeah and it's important to recognize you can have exactly what you choose in this life if you do the internal work so i want to talk about this thing that you've created and devised from your beautiful divine feminine energy and invoking that creative force. Tell us about emotional connections and how we can use that in our dating lives. Yeah. So again, one of the sort of beliefs that I came to dating with originally was like, men really want sex. And that's really what men care about. (laughs) And when I started studying it, it was more like, Men love sex and they have a more direct relationship with sex than women do in general. So again, we're speaking in heteronormative terms. That's I'm also heterosexual. So men, sex is important to men in a different way than it is to women. And it's usually more direct and and closer at the beginning of dating. But men are highly emotional. Like men have plenty of emotions going on. And actually what they're craving with a woman who's special, like not just, oh, I would sleep with her, (laughs) but like this is life partner material is incredible emotional connection. That's actually, that's just, that's the basis of of everything is just this emotional connection. My body just reacted to what you just said. There you go. (laughs) It was like, someone's speaking deep truth here. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> took me a long time to get. It's amazing how many messages we have out there on TV and songs and just pop culture. I don't even know how to talk about it. But it's just somehow I had soaked up this very inaccurate myth, like just totally wrong. And when I began to shift into connecting emotionally with men and really discovering who they were as emotional beings on dates, immediate shift. Like I just, you talked about your client who needed to become the dream woman, right? It's like this immediately put me in dream woman category, like basically on every date. Not that we were like meant to be people, like everything that we talked about was like, yes, but just getting to know someone on an emotional level so much faster, so much more effective to let you know if you're a great match with them. So much more interesting. Like just the kind of conversation you have at an emotional level is just so much better <laughs> than trying to get this surface stuff. And it it changed my life. So when I put together this work, this body of work, it's this was like front and center. I was like, okay, this is what I need to train people to do. Like I have to train people to speak emotionally 
from first contact. The most basic entry is something called the emotional question. And I recommend you start this as soon as possible in any chat with someone that you'd love to get to know more, (laughs) but especially in dating. And the formula for this kind of question is that it's an open-ended question. So that means it doesn't have a yes or no answer or, or like just a straight answer. It requires a story or it requires a broader scope. And the way that you formulate that is usually with a what or a how at the beginning. And then you add an emotional word. You add an emotional word to the question because that evokes an emotional response from the person who hears it. And then they have an emotional reaction, literally, like chemically in their body, they have an emotional reaction. And then they respond to you with more emotion. And they usually tell you a little story. And that tells you a lot more about them, gives you more to pick up like other threads about, and lets you have just a deeper conversation than like, how many siblings do you have? (laughs) Dead end answer. A feeling word is going to be, or an emotional word is going to be something like feel, like to feel, right? To feel, to love, to hate is also an emotional word, to want, to like. These are all emotional words, right? Because they they express something about an emotion. You can also use some adverbs like favorite or worst. Those also tend to get people thinking about, "Mm, what do I love or what do I hate? (laughs) And that just gets the emotions going. So an example of that would be like, what do you love about online dating? (laughs) For example, you can really just very basic at a very basic level, just acknowledge something about your common experience. What do you love about this restaurant that we're in? And then their answer to that question is going to tell you so much more about who they are, how they relate to themselves and the world than the generic interview style first date questions that again, I don't know why we learned to ask these questions. (laughs) But These questions, emotional questions, are so superior to that kind of like, where did you grow up? What's your hometown question? Cuts right to the core of what you actually care about when you're getting to know someone who's a potential partner, which is their relationship skills, (laughs) And, and really lets you know whether you might be able to love them in a way, right? I got this inspiration from those 36 questions that make you fall in love article. I don't know if you, did you, have you read that? I've read that, yes. (laughs) But it was just this idea of, oh, that's right. The way that we fall in love is an emotional process that happens through intimacy, happens through emotional intimacy. It's not actually the process of did, is the sex good enough? Is the, did they grow up in the right town or whatever? It's, those aren't the important things. It's like how, good of a heart connection do you have with this person? Because that's what's going to determine the whole potential of the rest of your relationship. No, I, I love that. I love that. That's a great tool. So I encourage and I invite people to start using that tool straight away. And not just in romantic union. I know this podcast is about dating and romantic union. That Those questions will facilitate such deep connection, start such deep communion such deep intimacy in all relationships, whether it's with your colleague, a family member, a friend, someone you just meet in the coffee yep. and shop. Totally. And, and I know one of the basic human needs is we want to be seen, loved, heard, valued. We want to feel relatable. And when, yeah. you, when you open up that space by asking an open-ended question, And I love this idea of open-ended questions because when you answer a question, I love this analogy actually, when you ask an open-ended question, you're actually opening a door. Mm, mm -hmm. When you actually answer that question, you actually have shut that door. Using your example, where are you from? I'm from London, England. Open door, shut door. Yep. How do you feel about London? Open door. Which gives opportunity, energy, and space to go and create a beautiful connection and a beautiful kind of exchange—the one that you've so beautifully talked about. I've said the word "beautiful" a lot today. 
many of us. <laughs> a high frequency word. <laughs> it is. And I think it's a powerful word when it comes to relationships because beauty, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, gotta share it anyway. Beauty is such an important element of relationship, but not just necessarily like face value beauty, right? Physical, There's yeah. so much energetic beauty that you can share with people. And it's available right now. It's available to you right now. Like it's anybody can access that really like energetic feeling of beauty. And it's, it is important in attraction. I have to say it is really yeah. important. Yeah. This, it's important. This is what I so dearly love about growth and, and personal growth and spiritual growth is that the, the opportunity to experience and action what one is receiving in terms of knowledge uh, and education it's instant. So people could come off this podcast and action it straight away because the opportunities are there. And the more you are open to those opportunities, the more you take those opportunities, that's what's going to accelerate and expedite growth and expedite love, romantic yeah. love. Yeah. Every time. So look, <laughs> so look, let's kind of line it up a bit as well. I want to hear about a dating experience of yours, one that was funny okay. to you at least, and okay. this is a bit weird, wacko, crazy shit going on here. <laughs> Please, yeah. okay. Luckily, I've had many of both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so you're well educated. Reverse, rehearsed, worse, worse in it. Yeah. <laughs> The first one we can talk about is probably the first date I ever went on, which was in London. The funny part was I didn't know I'd been asked on a date. <laughs> I did not get that. I did not understand that had been what the question and agreement was. Yeah, was he a British guy? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're good at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> being like unclear what our intentions are. Yeah, we met with like groups of friends. And so I just assumed we were like planning group, like groups of friends spending time together. <laughs> and it turned out to be like a beautiful connection. And we became friends and just, <laughs> it, it was okay. But that was actually the first date I ever went on. And we went for a cheeky Nando's. <laughs> course because we were in London and and then we went dancing so it was like it was a very proper date and I I do cherish that memory of having been on a proper date as my first ever date when I talked about really being so unconscious I hope that story also illustrates how I was so unconscious in dating was like I literally didn't even notice when I was being asked out. So also <laughs> we can talk about in terms of receiving is like, I wasn't even able to receive enough romantic attention to like notice, like this is this guy's intention, right? <laughs> this is what mm. the intention in this connection is, right? Mm. Like I definitely got that he flirted with me a lot and uh, we had a great time at a different level than other people in the group, <laughs> but I did not get that he would ask me out on a date so that is yeah that kind of still cracks me up to this day of, wow Alana that's really it's really impressive <laughs> so <laughs> on the other hand I was kidnapped once on accident by my hotel receptionist that was a little bit less funny only funny because it turned out okay everything was fine in the end yeah that sounds scary <laughs> Yeah, it was, there was alcohol involved. And so maybe luckily, I don't remember much of it. And yeah, there's a lot that can be said about that too. But I think the freakiest one, the one that freaks people out the most is when I was taken to a sex club for gangbang night as a surprise date. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Oh, is that what the night was called? Gangbang night. Yeah, it turned out. Wow. Wow. Um, it wasn't something that I'd ever expressed interest in. It wasn't something that I had ever had a conversation with this man about being a consensual experience that I would enjoy. And he felt that it would be the right place to take me on a date. <laughs> Again, in hindsight, luckily it turned out okay. 
right? But at the time, I, I was 19 years old. I we were not in my home country. It was I was not did not have a lot of resources. He drove, and it was like 40 minutes, so it was not in my comfort zone in terms of I know where I am and how to get home and. I have people to call. It was not like that. And this was probably like the fifth time I'd ever been out with him. And I just did not expect that. <laughs> um, that, that that's scary shit. And there's a deeper kind of more serious issue around safety and security and feeling or putting oneself in a position where it does feel unsafe. And, yeah. and harm can come to physical harm can come from going on something that's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So it's, it's important to bring that element of consciousness to dating as well. Because Absolutely. I think that's very true, especially with women. A woman in her feminine energy needs to feel a level of safety and security to actually open up that heart connection as well. Do I yeah. feel secure? Do I feel supported? Am I in a safe environment? Totally. And that is one thing I was just going to say about about the difference between men and women dating is like women usually have safety at the forefront, especially at the beginning. And it, this often translates into emotional safety too, which is why they're attracting emotionally unavailable people. We can maybe get to some of that in a second. But safety for women is like so front and center in dating. It's, it's a huge question. And I don't believe men have that question when they go to dating. I don't believe that is a big concern. For men. Maybe you can contradict me there, but I have never heard men talk about that the same way that for women, it's that is number one thing. So for me, while I'm in this car and this guy is driving me, I don't know where. And I still, it's a surprise. So I'm like excited about it, but I'm still, I don't know where we're going. Already, I have uneasiness, right? So that's not this guy. He was obviously not a great date, but for people who would like to be a great date, would like to grow into that for men to be aware that she's considering her safety. And so the more you can do to set her up to feel safe with you, the better your date's going to go because the more open-hearted she can be, exactly as you just said, haters, she can then relax, feel supported, become emotionally available, emotionally open-hearted to greater connection with you. If you're taking her down a dark highway that she's never been on, doesn't know sure. where she is, she doesn't feel good. <laughs> and look, the, the, there's an important point for me here is around fear and maybe it's for another conversation of why women feel so unsafe. But the, but the major point for me is that once, you, and circling back to where we started this conversation, actually, once you do the inner work, right, once you vibrationally shift your frequency, you're not going to be attracting guys like that. You're going you're to be attracting guys that are emotionally available, are know how to treat a woman, understand energy, understand the dynamics of safety and, and security for a woman, how important that is. So my point is do the inner work. Mm -hmm. and just trap yourself into manifesting and dating guys that get all this stuff yeah totally because then we can talk about the men i met after i discovered feminine energy and did the internal work wow like i experienced the best of masculinity like i really was blown away by the difference right because i have all these stories from my past right didn't realize i was being asked out taken to a sex club kidnapped by my hotel receptionist as a date right and and we were at like a casino and a bowling alley. i don't even know wow. <laughs> um, or just yeah. like all of those home dates they the situationships where it's like there's no more effort after the first date it's all oh let's just meet at home let's just meet at home from that experience i went exactly the opposite to like men who wanted to take me out anywhere just all over the place drove me around their countries i was traveling a lot so i did a lot of dating in other countries and driving me to see amazing things to eat incredible food to visit islands to go on boats it was really an incredible change very quickly again very quickly to the amount of effort and care and affection that was that I received, that I was given by these men at that point was just like, 
a whole different world. It was as if I did enter a new dimension. It was just, this is how men can be too. (laughs) This is emotionally connected, beautiful. They love spending time with me and they show me that. They tell me that. They, yeah, I could go on and on, (laughs) but it was really just so beautiful. Like it was a really beautiful experience to have. Having had my previous experiences which were not that, right? So again, when I was really dating from my unconscious, it was super negative for me, super, super negative. Other stories about that too. But when I changed internally, completely you different. World changed. The external world changed you know, yeah. for you, with you, exactly. in, in harmony with you as you changed. Yeah. So I want to talk about this concept of emotionally available and unavailable because that seems like a buzzword to me and people are are defining their dating experiences and their romantic relationships as oh this person wasn't emotionally intelligent enough or actually they weren't emotionally available and I'm also saying in some way is that a reflection of where you are with your own emotional availability and is there growth for your emotional intelligence like there always is. So let's talk about that because I know You've got fascinating insight around that. Yeah. Again, I have to share the unpopular opinion. What you said is totally spot on. If you're encountering emotionally emotional unavailability, it's because you are showing up with emotional unavailability. And I don't say that with any blame. There's no, that's not a blame anything. Like I've done it. Free of judgment, free of blame. Yeah. Deep truth. It is the deep truth. And it is, it's based on some deep wounding around not having our intimacy needs met. And when you've been trying to date and it's not going well, it's super easy to start shutting down things, right? And shutting down your heart and feeling like it's, I'm broken, you're broken, the world's broken, like that kind of mentality. The good news is there are tools that can help you with this. Like emotional questions are a great way to get into that. That is really what I used because they're accessible, right? There's no like bar of, I need to heal this much trauma to... (laughs) to get that. But once you were you've healed it, you just literally lose interest in people who are emotionally unavailable. This is the only this is the most direct way I can say it. You just lose interest, right? So that's what happened for me is I just I it was no longer personal. I was no longer this man doesn't want me enough. It was just literally this man's not emotionally available. Next, so little energy given. So little attention. <laughs> Love that. It becomes, like you were talking about before, effortless, easy to just say, no, thank you, because that's not what I want. I'm actually not here to be kept at arm's distance or rescheduled on five times or whatever. It's, I'm not here for that. So thank you. Have a lovely life. Goodbye. Look, I, and I, I love that. I love that consciousness. I love that. Love that tool. And one thing I just want to add to that is that the more you practice that, the more you practice it, okay, thank you, next goodbye because your ego will try and drag you back with those stories of self-loathing and self-worth and worthiness and i'm not enough and it's got great manipulative strategies to 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 take you back there and make it about yourself yep and the more you practice thank you next goodbye send you i send you your way with love and yeah. I know what I want. I'm attuned to my end result. I know I'm a magician. I'm a creator. I'm a powerful creator. Who's next, please? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And You're that's a practice, there. right? That's a practice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I feel like I cut you off in flow, please. Oh, no, I was just saying, they're out there. Your person's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you have to say thank you next, because you have to say no to what isn't what you want in order to get to what you do want. You, you that's, okay. This is so hard, but you really have to yeah. be able to say no to emotional unavailability before you can become really emotionally ready that is actually a sign of emotional availability in yourself is the ability to say no and to put up boundaries to someone who's not there for the level of love and connection that you want because it's all you it's all (laughs) being created by you so if you want more find more like create more i just love the wisdom that's flowing through right now and it reminds me again what we're talking about earlier about making the choice 
in committing to growing and developing. And it's just little things like that, right? Setting boundaries. Yeah. Recognizing this is not what I want and choosing to go on another date. Yeah. Those that's you showing the universe that I'm ready. Yeah. I'm committed to myself. I know that I'm worth so much more. Yeah. So these are great examples of how these little things will actually lead in lead you to in creating what you desire, what your heart desires. That just reminded me of another thing because I get the question a lot of should I settle or when should I settle? Like when is the right time to settle? <laughs> and energetically, the answer is never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. For me, that would be that person still needs to continue their growth journey because yeah. that question would never enter your head yeah. when you're fully in your creative power. Yeah. Because you know exactly what you want. Yeah. And compromising and settling is an energy and a frequency that is not in the energy of the divine love totally. that you're choosing to create. The yeah. highest divine love, right? There's, there's different levels of love, and all love is beautiful. I'm talking yeah. about the love that you deserve, the love that elevates you into higher dimensions, let's say. Let's put it that way. Beautiful. Yeah. So look, we're about an hour in, I think, and we've not even talked about your book. I know we talked about it in a roundabout way, so I feel yeah. like we, we need to talk about your book. We should talk about your book. And for the listeners out there, Alana's details, because she's an amazing dating coach, and I'm sure you've already got that energy from her, how, how much she loves this stuff and how good she is at this stuff. So I highly recommend you check her out, check her website out, check her links out, which I'll post on the show notes. So it'll be really easy for you to get in touch with Alana. And she's also got this amazing book, Right, the art of female seduction, feminine introduction. Sorry, art of feminine seduction. So let's just quickly talk about that, Alana. Not quickly, be quick. An hour. We'll let the people go home too. Yeah. My book is an outline of my process of dating, and I call it feminine seduction. Feminine is, as we referred to earlier in this call, is that feminine energy. So it's the energy of receptivity and. I have seven distinctions that I go into detail in the book about how to bring them more into your life. All of them help make you a more conscious person in general, not just help you be really magnetic in dating. And then seduction is my process of creating relationship. So I have my process of seduction is three ingredients. One is attraction. So there has to be some kind of energetic attraction between the two people who are have any relationship potential. The next one is sexual tension, which most people talk, call chemistry. But they, we talk about that as chemistry, but I call it sexual tension as the more kind of like that's what's really happening. Is the, yeah, yeah. There's this energy between you that has a sexual charge. It's not just, oh, this is a lovely friendship or connection or conversation. And then the third thing is that emotional connection. So I don't know if we're doing European fingers or American fingers, three things <laughs> is the attraction. So energetic attraction, sexual tension, and emotional connection. So you need all three of those things. And I call my process for creating those things with anyone you want to seduction. That's, that is a seduction is creating that kind of romantic connection with someone. And the book is a self-help book. So it has exercises. It has fun summaries at the end of every chapter, but it also is told through my personal story. So it also has the stories we talked about today in complete detail and many others, many other stories of all of the ways I've behaved in dating and how I shifted that, how I really became someone who dated in an empowered, a sovereign way, a really energetically aligned way, became someone who I, I manifested my relationship in, we can call it two years <laughs> from the time I first started studying this. But the minute I met my now husband was just like, that was it. It was just, that was our connection. It was like one of those things where it was just so effortless and immediate, just no. And this question of should I settle? <laughs> He's not a perfect human. Like he hasn't achieved Buddha state, but there was no point at which I was like, oh, it's me settling for this man. That's just not even in the space, right? It's this kind of relationship where you, there's just so much magic and connection and beauty. And I think that's possible for everyone. 
the book is about how to get to the energetic state of that union of possibility, essentially. And there are a bunch of relationship skills in there too, because and dating technique and things like that, because I'm also a sucker for strategy (laughs) and technique and learning conversational skills and all that. So the book is jam-packed with fun stories and scary stories and my emotional experience of dating, as well as kind of ways to turn your own life around and really start getting what you want in dating and finding your person, like really finding your person. Beautiful. Look, I know the book is it's, it's everything that we've talked about today, fun, flirtatious, informative. It has great tools. It actually is very fitting on the theme of human potential because it does and it will open up potentials and possibilities for people to explore in their dating experiences and their dating life. I feel this is a great place to end the podcast. And I also feel we're going to do this again because I want to talk about flirting tips and dating tips and more about seduction. We can go into sex and sexual energy. I think there's a whole plethora of subjects that we haven't covered today that I'd love to cover and explore and discuss with you because I know the wisdom that comes through you is gets to be shared with the world and and it'd be fun for me as well yeah. oh, it's <laughs> and, so fun. and actually it's fun every time um so with that said we'll bring the podcast to a close once again alana's details will be easily available and accessible i encourage you to look her, look her up I encourage you to buy her book and we're going to close the podcast so thank you very much alana for for being part of this creation thank you for dancing with me Thank you for being, bringing your insight and your wisdom. I've loved every minute of this, and I'm excited to do this again with you. Thank you so much, Hater. Excited to come back, and this has just been an absolute joy to be in your space. Again, this beautiful container you've created, and I look forward to next time. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of exploring human potential. Now, it's your turn to take action and unleash your own greatness. Head over to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free and opt in for lots of free transformational tools. Embrace the knowledge and insights you've gained and start implementing them in your life today. Remember, the world is waiting for your incredible potential to shine.